Whose life are you living? Are you truly living your own life? Or are you living out a story that's been handed down to you that doesn't quite feel right? If that's you today, then I think this podcast can help. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Cheryl Bernardi, the Wholeness Guide. And in today's episode of Wholeness at Work, I really want to help you to understand who is really behind the choices that you're making. Now, obviously, as you enter your early career, you've had to have some adult influences and they're not necessarily all bad, but there also is a point where you start uncovering things for yourself, understanding who you are, understanding your purposes for your life. Now, the reason why I'm doing this podcast is actually inspired by a session I had with a group of final year students. It was part of their summer camp and they had various workshops around um, self-awareness, the one I did, and around finances and also helping to prepare your CV, your resume, your LinkedIn profile. Those are the two sessions I did with them. But in the first session, I shared with them my story as a first-generation professional, being one of the first people in your family to shift from blue-collar to white-collar work. And also, if you've grown up in communities where you have a cultural and social identity around a group identity, meaning that individualization is not really prized. It's more, we are, therefore you are. So your identity is very much intertwined with family. And that can be problematic when you start working, especially if you are one of the first people to transition from blue collar work to white collar work, becoming a professional. You don't really have that many people in your immediate circle that can actually help and support you in the process. And something I discovered over many decades is that there was a hidden barrier in my heart where I felt I can't allow myself to earn more than my parents. It felt wrong. It felt like I was betraying them. And this is not something people talk about at all. So I felt maybe I was the only one experiencing it. But it began to be something that I noticed in other university students As I work with them, I've worked at four of the top 10 universities in South Africa, and I saw this pattern repeating. And I did an earlier video about the guilt syndrome, and it resonated with so many first-generation professionals who felt that as they started their university process, they were excited and they had to work really hard because they often had gaps in funding. So they, you know, it was very challenging. So to even make it year on year was a success, right? But as they would go back home um, on holiday to visit, their friends began to feel like they were, you know, different, they changed. And of course they have changed because they've gone into a different world, which is full-time study. And perhaps their friends were not um, in that same space. And they began to feel a slow separation from their community, which can be very traumatic because this is who you are. You've grown up with these people. Your identity was formed here in this group. And so you begin to feel a guilt of you are now on a different pathway. Other people are what might seem as they stuck there in that space. And so subconsciously, you begin to sabotage yourself because 
you don't really believe that you have permission to be successful. So I know that this is something that can be very real for a group that's heading out into the world of work. They've worked hard. They're getting to know themselves better, but they just don't know that they're allowed to be successful. So what I did was ask them to stand up if they were feeling the guilt syndrome and almost the whole room stood up. And I asked them to figuratively shake it off, dust it off, because it was not going to help them moving forward. And we used this very powerful statement. I will not feel guilty for my success. I will inspire others with my success. And maybe if you're listening to this and you too are in the process of getting into your early career and you notice there's something on the inside, you can't quite put a finger on it. Why can't I feel like I want to apply for the jobs I want to apply for? Why can't I feel like I can buy that car or get that place? There's something in me that feels like I shouldn't do it. I think it's a guilt syndrome. So I'm going to repeat this for your benefit. I am not going to feel guilty for my success. I will inspire others for my success. I am not going to feel guilty for my success. I will inspire others with my success. I know this was such a powerful moment in that session because two days later when I went back to the camp and I did a book giveaway, I just loved that group so much. I decided to give some of my books away. And one of the students that won the book said, Cheryl, please, can you write the what you said to me in like your own words? Because she almost wanted in writing permission to say, it's okay for me to be successful. It's okay. I have permission now. And if you're, if you're listening to this podcast today and you maybe don't fit into the first generation professional pool where you're on the other side of the spectrum, perhaps your grandfather and grandmom and parents already have been working as professionals. Um, they already told you which university you're supposed to go to because that's the one they went to. There's a different kind of success barrier for people who have had but I want to term maybe the legacy of success in terms of professional success. And that barrier is the firstly the burden of success because now I have to be as successful or more successful than my parents. They expect that of me. But the other question that they have in their hearts that they don't know how to put words to is this. Am I allowed to have success on my own terms? And maybe that's you today listening. Maybe that's the question in your heart that you've been asking. Am I allowed to have success on my own terms? Maybe your family professional success is we are doctors. This is who we are and we'll be a family of doctors. And maybe you do have an interest in the medical field, but maybe it's in sales in the medical field. So your experience, your background, the information you've received and learning about the medical profession has given you some insight that can make you a great salesperson or even an entrepreneur. Perhaps you see a gap in the market in the medical field and that's what you want to pursue, but you don't know if you're allowed to do that. And hopefully you have the relationships with your parents that you can actually say, I actually want to go this way and they can support that. But maybe you don't have that and that's what you're struggling with. So on either end of the spectrum, whether you are the first in your family to start establishing a new pathway for success professionally, 
or whether you are already on a path to professional success and you want to create a divergent path, a new path, I want to say to you today that you have the permission to dictate success on your own terms. I wrote this down and I have to say it properly. Hold on a second. I wrote this down in my notes. Whatever your family history, you have the power to rewrite the story of your own future. Whatever your family history, you have the power to rewrite the story of your own future. My daughter is currently three years old, and I'm on the spectrum of having to give myself permission to be successful. So having a child helps me (laughs) to pull myself forward because my success will determine the level of her success in her life. I'm very aware that even at the age of three, I don't want to impose any restrictions on what she might become. And it's not about, you know, we often ask the question of children, who do you want to be one day? As if by the age of eight, you know what you're supposed to do, or even at the age of 18. I think it's an unfair question. Let's stop asking people that. Um, Because what you do is different from who you are. And so when I'm intentional about noticing different interests in my daughter. There was a a period she went through where she was interested in being a doctor and she would put bandages on her her toys and um, plasters. And I called her Dr. Zoe and her face lit up. And I, I really caught myself thinking, do I want to encourage her to be a doctor? Because I know the cost of that. It's a very heavy cost. Your life is literally your profession, you know, and there's a lot of mental health challenges. Not that I would stop her from becoming a doctor. If that's what she chooses one day, I will definitely support and encourage and help to fund that that dream. But I keep asking her the question, oh, this is the kind of work you could do. You could be a doctor. You could be a painter. You could be a singer. You could be, you know, different types of things. You could do this type of work. But who she is, who Zoe is, who my daughter is, will be separate from the work that she does. And obviously then applying that to myself, Cheryl, who I am is is linked to obviously the work that I do, especially if I'm working in my sweet spot, if I'm working in my meaningful, purposeful work, like what I'm doing now. But my job description or or the jobs that I do does not define my identity. I define my work through my identity. And that's ultimately what I want to share with you today, that whatever you choose to do, let it be from a place of strength of who you are. And the way that you strengthen that sense of self is to really start learning how to love yourself. And that begins by letting your head and your heart to be friends, because that's where the feeling of brokenness comes from. We feel a disconnect from our head and our heart. Whatever our story is, our background is, There's been a disconnection between our head and our heart. We had to create a kind of false self to conform to what was expected of us. But as we go into adulthood, and not just even early adulthood, any stage of our lives, we constantly have to reevaluate who am I as an individual? Am I nurturing who I am? Am I honoring who I am? Am I authentic? Is my relationships career and finances all working together to serve my purpose? Or do I feel scattered and disconnected because I don't actually know what my purpose is? I don't actually know why I'm here on this planet. 
I think that's a very important question to keep asking and answering of yourself. And I always say this in my workshops, in my training with early career professionals, your work will give you an opportunity to really know yourself. All of the jobs I've had has all taught me valuable lessons. Some of them have taught me how not to be a manager because I've had some horrible managers. Some of them have taught me about what I really don't enjoy, admin and data. Um, And most of my work experience has helped me to find out what my sweet spot is. It's led me to my sweet spot. When I started fundraising, I realized that I was okay asking for money. And I actually loved seeing the result of that. So I didn't know I could be a good fundraiser. I didn't know that asking for money was something I would enjoy because I could see the value of it. And I didn't know that working as a fundraiser for over a decade has actually helped to prepare me in terms of my business because it's essentially relationship building. And that's what fundraising is. That's what a business is, is building relationships and adding value. So I want to encourage you today, whatever part you are on your journey, even if you are listening to this today and you are in your mid-career stage and the thing you wanted to do when you're 20 has never really gone away and now you're thinking, should I go for it? And I want to say, if you if you need permission, go for it. Because if you keep ignoring it, it's going to keep coming up again until you finally pay attention to it. It's never too late to start living your own life. And that's what I want to tell you today. It's never too early or too late to start living your life on your own terms. I'm not saying you don't need people. Of course you do. You want to shift from the fairy tale of the story that's been handed down to you of who you're supposed to be, waiting for someone else to rescue you, waiting for someone else to save you, living from the outside in. And you want to shift into the adventure, which is what life really is. An adventure story where you have no idea what the next chapter is going to be. All you know is that you're headed in a certain direction. I know my purpose. I know what I'm about. And I'm going off into this unknown place. And I will meet people who can become guides and mentors and tribe members. And I'll overcome enemies. The enemies, the real enemies of the work that I'm meant to do. And in doing this heroic work, that's how I unleash the hero inside. There's so much I want to unpack. I am writing my next book, so it's all going to go in there. But essentially, my message for you today is that if you are feeling like you're not living your own life, begin to ask yourself the question, which area do I feel like I'm not living my own life? And how can I start living my own life? And what does that mean for me? Am I still, are the voices in my head helpful or harmful (laughs) and how can I start to validate and build on my true authentic self I hope this episode has encouraged you today and I hope that I've inspired you to keep doing the work of embracing wholeness in your relationships career and finances and really finally living life on your own terms have a great day and stay strong